Good morning. How are we feeling this morning? Just good? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, great is better than good, right? Um, we're going to start off, uh, first and foremost, uh, today is our uh, the first service uh, for our kids month. The word tells the kid, you know, talks about our kids and it says, uh, come to me. It's what Jesus said to us as we embrace children into his kingdom. Uh, I want to start by honoring and recognizing uh, the families that are here today, uh, presented, represented with their kids. So let's give a round of applause to every single family that's here represented um, today. Also want to recognize uh, Claudie Abreu, uh, who's our new children's ministry. I know we always play the video, and she's on the video, and she's saying, hey, I'm the new children's ministry uh, leader and all that. But uh, we definitely want to give her a round of applause. Um, in all honesty, it is uh, one of the toughest ministry. Uh, to lead um, that is the kids ministry we don't feel it as much because literally all we do is we come we drop off our kids and we're over here on this side um, but it is a lot of work um, and we want to just say thank you to her if you see her just say thank you um, because it is a big big commitment and it's something that we shouldn't think that she's doing it on her own uh, every single uh, person that's a member of this church, that's a part of this family, men or women, uh, grandma or grandpa, uh, dad or mom, has a direct responsibility with that ministry because it's dealing directly uh, with our kids, our, the next generation. Um, so definitely uh, be encouraging to her. Uh, lend yourself if you're available to help, if you're available to pray, if you have any resources um, that can help that ministry. Something I share in the Spanish service is uh, if you don't have any kids or if you're a grandma or a grandpa that you think, hey, you know what? Well, I don't have any kids. That's not my territory. Um, Rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus because you do have a responsibility in terms of partnering up with a young uh, family and just be there for support and mentorship. Amen. Uh, so today's uh, message, we're going to talk uh, strictly on worship. Um, and you're like, okay, well, we're talking about worship. How does this connect with the kids' ministry? Uh, what we're trying to do at New Vision and Kids Month is uh, we want to model a lot of the stuff that we do here uh, for our kids. Because remember, a lot of times it feels like it's, it's kind of like two separate churches. You have the kids over there and the kids here. But we have a responsibility to model everything that we do. I'll give you a quick example of what I noticed uh, this morning, right now. So my kids uh, rarely sit in service. And Emily was running around. And the minute she saw that everyone was engaged with the worship, she stopped running. And she was, she was looking at you guys to see what you were doing when you were raising your hand. So that's why it is important that we model. We model our walk with Christ in front of them so that way they know what to do. Amen. Today we will begin, thanks for that, man, I heard you. Um, 
One time, brother. Um, today we're going to start with uh, Exodus uh, chapter 20. Let us go there. And it reads as follows, chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this. Sojourner, who is within your gates? Holy, he had declared this day to be holy. So we must understand that he is all holy and worthy to be praised today. Amen. Today is our Sabbath day. Let us rejoice in his fullness today. Not just the time that we're here together uh, in church, in this building. You know, I know that uh, we, we live in a world where, hey, we're like, hey, this is church time, you know, 9 to 11 or 11 to 1. This is the time where we need to be holy and, and worshiping God. No, the word has told us to worship him the entire day from sun up to sundown. Amen. And anywhere in scripture reminds us that this is the day that the Lord has made. God created everything, everything around us. And from this text that we begin our commitment to worship our God. Now that we've set that expectations of what today means in terms of worshiping God throughout the day, uh, let us go deeper into what worship really is and how we should model that in our lives and to our kids. Obviously, we're all used to, when we come to church, we think of worship in two ways. Really, that's, these are the two main ways where we think about worship. One is, we think about worship when we do our tithing and offerings, right? That's something that we do, something that we should continue to do, something that is crucial not only for the church, but for your walk in Christ, right? And so we know, number one, we think of worship when it comes to tithing and worship. And the second one, which I think is the most common one when we think about uh, worship, is the worship experience that we create here in church with the worship team, uh, our singers, and, and that time, that one-on-one that -on -one time with God. Uh, those are the two main components when we think about, hey, what is worship? Now, let's get a shovel and let's continue to dig deeper into what worship is. One of the things that we need to realize, and this is point number one that we want to make today, is that we need to know that we can freely worship God through a life of continual worship. And I want to focus on that, the piece of continual worship, meaning that we need to be in constant worship of God. Uh, we can't just think of it as, hey, you know what, I'm going to get through the week. And when I come to New Vision and they play my song that's when I'm going to worship God. That's my time. That's what I came for. No, no, no. Constant posture of worship. Continually. Every single day. 
day after day after day after day. Amen? So let's pause for a second. Let's just ask ourselves a couple questions uh, when we think about, hey, what does worship sound like? What does your worship sound like? Uh, when Even when you think of, hey, what do you consider, man, that, that was a great worship. Oh, man, that person is a great worshiper. What are the things and images that you start thinking of immediately? And I just want you to think of those things. I'll pause for a second. What do you consider great worship to you? A lot of times we immediately go to, man, that person can sing. That person's a great worshiper. Man, that person can play the piano. Oh, man, that person through the roof. That person's a great worshiper, right? That, that's what we're accustomed to do, right? All oh, the setting, the lights. It was on point. That was a great worship experience. And that is important. You know, and we, and we do want to have that time of one-on-one -on -one with God. But today I want us to grab our shovel and continue to dig a little deeper into what true worship is. Amen? So what is worship? Number one is worship brings us into a right relationship with God through consecration. So worship brings us into a right relationship with God, right? Everything is relational in our walk with God. Nothing stand alone. God the Father, Holy Spirit is all relational. And through consecration, meaning that if we're not going through consecration, we are truly not worshiping. You might be sitting there and say, what, what, what in the world is consecration? Consecration meaning keeping ourselves holy and set apart for God. I want you guys to read that out loud. What is consecration? I heard Monica. What is consecration? Like we need to own that. Like, if we're not owning that, then I might as well close my book and we can just go home. If we're not there yet. If we're not keeping ourselves holy and set apart from God. Not set apart for the world. Not set apart for your job. Not set apart for your marriage. Not set apart for your family. But set apart for? Set apart. Thank you, Denise. Set apart for? Amen. Amen. We got believers in the house. Amen. The cross eliminates that for us. It points us to a life of sacrifice and holiness. So when we're thinking about worship and what does my worship look like, we got to go beyond and think farther, furthermore than just singing uh, my favorite song, my favorite worship song. That's nice. That's great. But we got to think more in terms of a life of sacrifice, a life of setting yourself apart of. Amen. Now, let us go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And scripture tells us clearly, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, 
in view of God's mercy, to offer your what? I heard, I heard one person, one person got their Bible open. To offer your what? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is what? True and proper worship. And at the end of the day, that should be our goal as believers. If we want to say, hey, I adore you, God. I want to worship you, God. That should be our posture right there. A posture that's pleasing to God. Body as a living sacrifice. Your temple as a living sacrifice. Set apart. Our, our, the point of today's message is I want you to reconstruct your views, your image, your thoughts on how you view worship. So that way you can have a fuller understanding of it. Amen. And when we look at this verse, there's, there's a certain urgency to it. He says, therefore, I urge you. He doesn't say, therefore, hey, I'm going to recommend that. Or therefore, hey, if you feel like it. No, he says, I urge you. Let that sink in. There's importance to that. Now, what is our way to worship? Let us go to John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. If you have it in your Bible, say amen. If you want to cheat, just look on the screen and say amen. John chapter 4, 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in what? For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is what? I think we have one member here. God is what? And those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. We're going to spend a little time on that. Uh, add that phrase when you're thinking about worshiping. Spirit and in truth. So we, we spoke about first and foremost, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this decision to follow Christ. I'm going to go to New Vision. I'm going to set myself apart from everything else that's pulling me and I'm going to set myself apart as a living sacrifice for God but not just that we're not going to stop there we're not just going to set ourselves apart as a living sacrifice but we're going to worship him and we're not just going to worship him in experience and in songs we're going to go deeper than that we're going to worship him in spirit, but also in truth. Amen? Now, I want to spend some time in, uh, I'm doing really good. Like, she's distracting me, but I'm going to keep going. God bless you, Emily. Love you. Um, we're gonna, I want to talk about these three components where we're talking about in spirit and in truth. Because they all work together. We cannot worship God without the spirit and only in truth. We got to have both. 
Now, when we think about worship, when we think about spirit, when we think about truth, let's look about some of these definitions. When we talk about worship, right? Worship. Worship means kneeling or prostration to do homage or make obedience whether in order to express or respect or to make a supplication that's the general term of worship so if we as believers just worship period that's what we would do the catch to that is that we can really worship many things or different gods if you're just doing this kind of worship me going to a football game and praising these players and chanting and cheering that's a form of worship if you happen to be at the i don't know uh, uh bad bunny concert and i just threw it out there don't tell me you don't go because I'm friends with everybody here on Facebook. I've seen, I've seen the pictures. But if you happen to go there, maybe someone dragged you. They didn't tell you it was Bad Bunny. Um, and you're singing and you're, that's a form of praising. And that's why it's important that when we think about praise and worship, we go a little deeper than beyond that. Now, when we think about spirit, spirit is something that cannot be touched. It's led through God. It's something powerful that's led through God and is found through him and through us in relationship. And the last part is truth. Now, truth and from, a, from a biblical standpoint, truth is respecting God and the execution of his purpose through Christ and respecting the duties of men. What's your duty and my duty? It's that we worship God, first and foremost, but secondly, that we worship him through truth and spirit. Amen? And I use this example that we use uh, this morning. I really like it because it, it kind of helps me understand the whole uh, portion of this when we're talking about worshiping uh, God just in spirit and not in truth, meaning when we're worshiping God in spirit and not in truth, meaning we really don't know who God is. So I'll give you an example. I used Denise this morning. I'm going to use your sister. We'll keep it in the family. Um, so let's say it's Mother's Day. We'll use the same thing, same scenario. It's Mother's Day. Uh, Denise's mom is, uh, is also celebrating her mother. Uh, her mother's birthday, not, uh, let's say it's Dominican Mother's Day. It's like a bigger deal, right, than regular moms. It's like el, el Dia de la Madre Dominicana, Mother's Day, Dominican's mother. So her birthday is also landing on that day. You guys, oh, my God, it's a big deal. We got to go all out for mom. It's like her day times 3,000, right, is Mother's Day, her birthday. Let's do something together. She gets all her sisters together. Like, why don't we do her breakfast um, and they all go to the house super early, and they make this breakfast. Um, and she's like, hey, I'm going to make bacon. Uh, Denise is like, I'm going to do cafe con leche, coffee and milk for her. Her other sister is like, I'm going to do uh, uh, fried eggs for her. And they're excited about it. They're like, 
Mom, we are honoring you. We're worshiping you. We're praising you this morning because today is your day. And they go into the bedroom and, and they bring her breakfast in bed with a flower in there. And everything looks amazing. They have music in the back. I mean, it is spectacular, right? It's like the perfect breakfast in bed idea. They, they give it to her. And she says, thank you. But then she says, man, I, I drink tea and not cafe con leche. Man, I like my eggs scrambled, not fried. What else did you make? Toast? Man, I, I'm allergic to wheat. I, I can't have that bread. Or bacon. My cholesterol is too high. I can't have bacon. So what, what did we just do there? It's not that it was wrong, right? It's not, it's not bad, right? You, you had the right intentions. Your, your heart was in it, right? You wanted to honor her and do something nice for her. But she didn't like anything you made. She couldn't have it. And when that happens, it's like we are projecting what we like or what we think someone else will like into onto that person. And a lot of times that happens in our worship experience. We're projecting what makes us feel good, what we think is right, and we're projecting that onto God Assuming, because we can only assume if we don't know that that's what God wants. And that's why truth is important. That's why we stress and stress and stress the importance of a strong scriptural and biblical foundation. Because we need to know truth. It is extremely difficult and impossible to truly worship God if we don't know him. You can't please your mom if you didn't know that she can't have bacon. You meant well. And you know what happens? Sometimes we're, you know, we're, we're like, oh, man, but I, I, I went with my heart. Right? We say that a lot. I went with my heart. But your heart is just a muscle. Your heart is just another part of your body you're if, if you look at it i'm not into medicine or anything like that but if you look into the definition of a heart your heart can really tell you anything but your mind can your knowledge and your wisdom can and that's where truth comes in so we need to go beyond our feelings and emotions when we think about worship it's good. It's good that we come, we vent, we let it out. That's great. We need that. We need to decompress. But your worship cannot stop there. Because a lot of times when we do that and it stops there, we cry, we get on our knees and we have tears. Then we go home and we don't see the changes. Because we're not applying the truth part of it. We're just worshiping in emotion and in spirit. Make sense? 
So who is God? Right? Who is God? And, and the easiest way to put it is, if we go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. It says, I am the Lord your God. So who is God? I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And I can sit here and, and spend the next six, eight hours just going over different attributes of God and everything that represents who he is. But in context of us looking ourselves in front of God and our walk in crisis, at the end of the day, the easiest way to know who he is, hey, he is God, our God, and what did he do? We got, we got one member, Denise, thank you. What did he do? And you might say, hey, man, I'm not a slave. Bet at one point you were. Bet at one point you were. At one point you were enslaved to the expectations of this world. At one point you were enslaved waiting on someone to forgive you. At one point you were enslaved to a situation that happened to you when you was a kid that you cannot let go. But thank the Lord he got you out of that. Amen. So when you're praying and worshiping God, always have that in mind. Give God his position and authority. Don't worship from the standpoint of, my God, I'm going through this. I'm feeling through this. Don't start there. Start with, hey, my God, I know where you sit. Hey, my God, I know who you are and what you've done for me. And I know what you can potentially do for me. Amen. The promises are still there. Let us go to Sephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. This is another great verse that reminds us who God is. The Lord your God is your miss and mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. And he will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with a loud singing. With a loud singing of praise. What a beautiful thing that is. Let us read that again out loud. The Lord your God... It's your miss and mighty, one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness, and he will quiet you by his love. A lot of times we're, we're running, running, going, going, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. He will quiet that with his love. With his love, and he will exalt over you with loud singing. Again, today's message, and I pray and I hope that when you guys are at home or when you guys are here at New Vision or anywhere you may be, or even if you're talking to someone about worship, as I, as I mentioned to you guys a couple messages ago, we can't just do things to do them. We need to know 
why we're doing these things. I hope that today you're able to have a better view, a better grasp of what your worship should look like. And ask yourself, hey, at what level am I in with this worship? And also thinking in mind about our kids and what we should be modeling to them. If to you, worship is just uh, playing a song in your car, then that's what you're modeling to your kids. I'll say this, and I, and I said it in the Spanish service, I have a good sense of the depthness of your worship by, if I get into your car and I, and I see the presets, if you have one preset with, give me a, 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 a radio station, K-Love, right? If you have K-Love and then everything else is uh, Power 96, 99 Jams, and I get it. It happens. I, I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy. Hey, it was like it, I, would, I would change my, my presets depending on who was in my car. If you were a church member, I had K-Love, boom. If I didn't know you from church, I had everything else. I had all my CDs, everything. I, let's be real. But you got to hold yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable in terms of that if you're doing this, if you're signing up for this and calling yourself a Christian, that you need to set yourself apart. Amen. Uh, as we said in the beginning, uh, we are going to start incorporating our kids into the services so that we can model to them what our service looks like. So we are going to close out. Uh, Monica is going to come up. And she has a, a verse for us, and we're going to close out in prayer. And we have a song that our kids are going to close out with. Amen. Hello, everyone. I would like everybody to stand, please. And if you're here with your family or if you could just join in, you know, in groups. I don't want anybody by themselves. Um, you know, um, let me cry. But when Moses was, Moses was a man of God, right? Everybody knows Moses' story, but. Moses didn't make the promised land. He actually, you know, he, the, the, everybody else crossed, but he didn't. But he did spend 10 days or more with God at Mount Sinai. He went up, and as he went up, he received the Ten Commandments. And as he came down, imagine you have this worship experience with God. You know, God is telling you these Ten Commandments. And he's literally coming down the mountain. And these people who he's been with for like 40 years, they're worshiping a golden calf. These people have forgotten all everything that he's done. And he's like, you know, the tablets fall. And if you were God at this point, I mean, if I was God, would I just swallowed the earth right there with these people who made a golden calf, right? But he didn't. And this is why God is so good, because God spoke to Moses saying, and this is found in Numbers 6. So every morning as your children go to school or maybe you want to have children one day or, or you have nephews and nieces, there's a blessing that the God told Moses to tell Aaron, the new leader, right? Because Moses is not going to the promised land. Aaron is the new leader. You know, and God doesn't remove Aaron. He doesn't say, hey, you made these people worship a golden cow. Let me remove you and put someone else. No, he keeps Aaron there. And he says to this, and I want you guys to repeat after me, with your group... And declare, I'm sorry, <laughs> and declare this blessing 
over your children, over your future children, over your nieces, over your nephew, because this is a blessing that God gives the people of Israel who, that's us. You know, we serve that same God that created Adam and Eve, that rescued um, uh, Deborah, I'm just thinking Deborah, and all these other great people. You know, every Mary, when she was pregnant, she sang a song of praise to, to God right after she found out that she's going to conceive the Savior of the world. So you're, this blessing, I just want you to remind you, this blessing is a powerful blessing because the people, even though your children may drift away, your children may not, look at my kids, they made a mess in the front row. Your children may just not sometimes just live up to what you're expecting from them, but God still blesses them. They're God's children. We're just entrusted for the foundational years. But your children will grow up, and they will move out, and they will have their family of their own. And, they're not, you know, and, that's, and you're going to be able to see them, but they're not going to do it with you. So I want you to repeat after me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Thank you guys. So even if your children go astray, they will always be blessed because the Lord will shine his face upon you.